Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Those who can't teach, those who can, pitch a TV show about teachers and get it on the air. That's what Adam Caton Holland, Andrew Overdahl, and Ben Roy did. They're the Grolix comedy group out of Denver, and their new show, Those Who Can't, premieres February 11th, 2016 on True TV. I spoke with the fellows previously for episode 29 of the podcast. I reconnected not only with them, but also with some of their co-stars, including Maria Thayer, Susie Essman, and Randy Sklar, on the red carpet for their premiere party last month in Hollywood. In this special episode, I asked them, as well as some of the young women who play their students, what they did before making it big in comedy and acting, and what they would do first if they couldn't do this. So let's get to it. So, Susie Essman, in honor of those who can't, uh, if you were not able to be an actress and comedian, what would be the first thing you would do? Um... Oh, wow. I'd probably be a shrink. Yeah? Yeah. Except I would be a bad one because I would be like the kind of shrink that would just be like, you're boring the crap out of me, you know. But Do you have any experience? A lot. Well, of being a shrink, no. Of being on the couch many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on the flip side, what was the last day job or other thing you did before you were able to call yourself a full-time right, You're talking comedian. about 33 years ago. I've yeah, been doing this jobs. a long time. They had jobs I was a waitress. Okay. I was a waitress. And what was the moment where you were able to say, I quit, I, I don't need You know, anymore. I was a waitress at, at the same place for many, many years in New York on West 21st Street. Uh, it's not there anymore. And um, I used to, my boss was great. He was like an old accordion player, like a bar mitzvah band accordion player. Mm -hmm. So we understood showbiz. And he used to let me leave early to go do sets at comedy clubs. So I overlapped for about two years doing both. And I remember the moment when, you know, people are so horrible when they're dealing with food. And a woman was being, like, just so nasty and bitchy to me about her check. Yeah. And I got really pissed off, and I threw the pen at her. You know, the pen for her to sign yeah. her credit card. And then I went to my boss, Artie, and I just said, you know what? I can't, I, I'm done. I, I reached my boiling point. I'm done. And then I went on to make money as a comedian. So you were pretty confident at that point that you no, didn't No, I wasn't. I was oh. scared to death. But I had to make that plunge. And you've never looked back? Never looked back, and I've been making a living ever since. Wow. I'm very <laughs> impressed. Thanks, Susie Gessman. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> so, Adam, Kate, and Holland, I'm asking everybody... Uh, since it's those who can't, if you couldn't be a comedian slash now TV actor, yeah, yeah, what would you do? I think I would be a uh, a naturalist. I'm a bird watcher. I'd go. I'd get. But you know what? I'm I'm bad at science, yeah. so I don't think I'd have the biology background. I'd also I'd open my own craft brewery. Okay. Bam. Well, let's let's talk about the bird watching for a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's is the bird watching better in Colorado or in California? Honestly, like, I'm such a kind of, I love Colorado and I like to, I'm an L.A. naysayer, mm -hmm. but the bird watching in L.A. is ridiculous. It's like on all these migration paths. Last right. summer I was seeing crazy good stuff, uh, in addition to like hummingbirds and parrots and tropical birds. So L.A. birds take the cake. But hey, when you're a bird watcher, you're excited about all manner of bird. 
Colorado and, or L.A. And what kind of microbrew would you pair with bird watching? <laughs> uh, I like sour beers, so let's just say sour. Sour beers. Sour beers. Sour beers with birds of prey. Just mm. a really stanky beer with a mean owl on your shoulder. <laughs> That's the new Japanese trend, sour beer really? owl cafes. I'm glad I don't You watch. Drink. In two years, that'll be a thing. And on the flip side, before you were able to call yourself a full-time comedian, what was your last job? I was honestly a writer for uh, an alt-weekly. Okay. Like, uh, it's called Westward in Denver. It's, oh, yeah, like, that's it's, like, the village, it's yeah. like the village voice of Denver. They're all owned by the same company. So I wrote for them as a journalist, and uh, I had a humor column called What's So Funny. Okay. So I did some funny crap in there, and I also did, like, investigative journalism. So it was kind of a natural progression for you then. I mean, the column was, like, me being a smartass in print, and I started doing stand-up right around the same time I started doing that. So I had this, like, two-pronged career. And what was the moment where you realized you didn't need that day job anymore? Uh, the moment I got laid off, <laughs> where I was like, okay, we, I don't need this anymore. But no, it was, honestly, I got laid really? off. Really? You can't be a newspaper reporter for the rest of your life? Yeah. Go figure. Media's dying. Um, so I, got, I, I can't identify with that yeah, at all. You don't know what that's like. And I got laid off, and I, w I was doing enough stand-up at that time to be like, all right, let's, let's give this a whirl. Let's okay. try it full-time and see if you can do it. And I, and I have been able to. Well, congratulations, yeah. because Those Who Can't is very funny. Thank you. Already renewed for a second season, so that's a stamp of approval. Crazy. We're already writing outrageous stuff, and I'm, like, loving it. And it's very cool with all this going on and all this buzz to be able to, like, focus on season two. Yeah. Just be like, don't have your head up your own ass. Go write those other episodes. So it's uh, it's fun. And maybe do some bird watching. Dude, I'm in L.A. now. I'm, I'm here to bird watch. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So, Andrew Overdahl, in honor of those who can't, if you could not be a actor and comedian, what would you do? What would be your first... My dream job or realistically? Your first move. Your first move toward back toward plan B. Uh, be, I'm into... I'm into little boys. <laughs> Brooks, Brooks Whelan, everybody. Brooks, Brooks Whelan. Whelan. Um, I'd go find where Brooks Whelan's parked and key his fucking car. <laughs> um, what would I do? I'd probably go back. Can you get paid for that? I'd, be get, I'd go back to working at, uh, at like a coffee shop. Okay. I'd be doing stand-up. I'd be grinding out. But if you Grinding out doing stand-up. If, if you I could even that? Yeah. If you were like banned from comedy. Uh... If I got my dream job, I would work in comic books. I would write okay. comic books. I would draw comic books. Nice. But that, that seems just as lofty of a goal as what I'm doing now, so that feels a little greedy. Okay. I'll work at, a, I'll work at Starbucks. <laughs> well, well, let's get more realistic then. What was your last regular job before you could be a full-time show business guy? I worked at, uh, in the records department of a homeless medical clinic. Pretty does glamorous. It, does that pay well? No, it does not, and it has a lot of other non-perks, but, um, yeah, I don't know. How, well, I don't know how, I'm like, let's talk about this job. Um, well, what was the no, it was, it was just kind of depressing yeah. in that, I mean, it's a clinic that helps homeless people, um, but... Uh, Did it help your comedy? No, because I generally don't make fun of homeless people. Um, but it inspire you to work harder and be funnier? It just, like, sort of illuminated that whole population in a way. I didn't make fun of homeless people before in my comedy, but after working there, I was like, well, now I definitely won't because those, those people don't, they don't need to be punched around right. anymore. Um, and the moment that you realized you didn't have to work there anymore or anywhere, 
what was that? Was I don't think I've even realized that moment yet because I'm I'm. I guess it's so you still have to go back continually. There after this party? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually I lied. I told him I was sick. Um, it's just sort of sinking in. Um, but writing movies and writing TV is just my dream job. So um, the more I can do that, the better. Like that's definitely. I love doing stand-up, but writing TV and movies is definitely where I I feel even better doing that than I do doing stand-up. Okay. Well, I'm very happy for you, Andrew, that you can. By do- be- by starting <laughs> nice one, things. John. Nice one. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Please. Ben Roy. Hey, how are you? I've got Ben Roy and Ray Thayer, yes. co-stars of Those Who Can't. Yes. And in honor of the we show. Love, love it when we're cruising together. together. You're off again, Maria. No, I'm not. Yes, no, I'm not. You are. You're no, off. I'm not. You're flat. <laughs> And I know it because it always comes on the cruising part. Okay. So this this might lead into my question. Oh, sure. right, In yeah. honor of the show's title, if you could not be actors, actresses, and in the comedy business, what would be your first fallback plan? Go ahead. Musical um, duet or something else? Something oh, more realistic? Mine would be music. I would definitely play yeah. music. That's it. Yeah, because I think you could hear who carried that. Yeah. But I would be music. T- I would be music too. No, no, no. no you no, shouldn't I would, do music. I know. I, I really should. I mean, a lot of people should, have told me. People, not people have told me that I should do music all the time. You sound. I love it when well, we're cruising together. <laughs> That's not yeah, good. Five dollars. People would give me. It's never $5. been good, Maria. <laughs> I think if people are sitting in their chairs, they're turning them around. a la the voice <laughs> to find out who is this angel. <laughs> And then they get a look, and they're like, we made the right choice. It's Ben Roy. Uh, but I carry a lot of our band, our duets. Okay. Um, you know, I do a lot of the marketing. That's what he, that's what he says. Yeah. He does, he does a lot of the backstage, like, yeah. lifting, kind yeah. of, like, moving the air. The group is called Just Duet. And it's... Um, and then, Did you just make that up? Is, is, really is the tour sponsored by Nike? Uh, it's, not, it's sponsored by Nike. We're on the road. <laughs> Uh, all right. I'll all right. And, and on the on the flip side of that, yeah. what was your last non-show business job? Uh, ooh, I'm before you could walk the red carpet and. Well, my thing that I was the best at in my yeah. life, better than anything that I'm doing here, is I was a, I was a coat check uh, girl. Oh really? And I was. Amazing at it. Where Amazing. was this? Where was your go-to in, spot? Well, it was in New York. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of crappy jobs. I I worked at Arby's at some point in my life. Um, uh, so if I say the words horsey sauce, a record sauce, store. Oh yeah, of course that, I know what horsey. Do, if I say the word memories? the word Jamocha shake, does that mean anything to you? It doesn't, but I feel like it should. It should. That's that is a, that's that is just like horsey sauce, which yeah. is a it's an important thing in the Arby's culture. What was the moment for you when you realized you didn't need to have any of those jobs anymore? I don't know. I still think that I still think that I maybe should get one. She's bankrupt. She's bankrupt as of today. Chapter eleven happened. You got to renegotiate that deal. Yeah, you should check out my celebrity net worth. What? You don't have it. It's under review. They said. <laughs> what about you? What was your Ben? What was your last? It wasn't day that job, long ago. It was like seven years ago, six years ago. I worked. At a company called NetQuote, selling insurance leads to insurance agents over the phone. How was your closing skills? Were you always, oh, I was a closer. always closing? I'm a closer. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are we not at uh, the premiere of a television show that I helped go create, and you're telling me I can't close a fucking deal? <laughs> That's hilarious. And I brought AEG to the table about Just Duet. <laughs> Don't tell me that I can't. But, uh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Okay. What, so, was, what was the moment for you when you realized you didn't need to show up at Neck Quotes anymore? Um, or anywhere? Well, I think they asked me to leave. Oh, really? And I was like, this birdie needs to fly on his own because they kicked me out. So. Have you ever had a job where you just didn't show up to quit? Oh, yeah. I actually walked into my shift when I worked for Dish Network, walked in, sat at my desk, yeah. looked at it, went to grab my headset, and then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I stood up and walked out and never went back in. Did you I've been there for like a, a year and a half, and they were like, where's he going? And I just Did sat. you say anything or no? Just I walked silent. up to my manager, and I was like, I can't do this anymore, and I walked out. I just quit. It wasn't the smartest decision. Right. Plunged us into crippling but, debt. But look at you now. I'm broke as shit right now. I'm not Is kidding. that how you'll quit this show? Yeah. <laughs> Mid-episode. <laughs> and on a very special dose, you can. It's like, where's Ben? The storyline they where's have to write for that? Ben? He's on walkabout. <laughs> look at that. That's Justin. Oh, and look, it's Rich Fulcher. Oh, I love that guy. Isn't uh, Rich Fulcher the best? Yes. There's so everybody, many people. Everybody loves a premiere party. Dude, it's like hanging out with the best friends. You look dapper, by the way. Oh, thank you. Wow. All right. Well, thank you very much, and congratulations. Dude, no, Already renewed for season two, so congratulations. Dude, thank you. Okay, so Brittany, um, in honor of the show's title, Those Who Can't, if you could not be a TV actress or a stage actress anymore, what would your first move be? Hmm. I haven't thought about this at all, and I mean, I thought about it every single day. Um, I would really like to be a criminal investigator specializing in cold cases. Ooh. I told you, it's not specific at all. I don't think about right. it. Um, but yeah, specifically cold cases, like, I want to know, who was D.B. Cooper? Like, who was he? Did he right. survive? I don't know. He wasn't Don Draper. It wasn't. So it was that not. was kind of a buzzkill. Yep. Got to get a new suspects list. Yeah. Um... So on the wait, do you have any ex experience in your downtime? Are you a Googler? Do you go and you Google cold cases? <laughs> I am a really avid reader, and okay. I love Sherlock Holmes. So mm -hmm. I kind of just like read books, and then if there's something in there, I kind of be like, oh okay, let me Google it a little bit. So if someone were to come and look at my search history, like I'm arrested. There's no way I'm innocent. Like I'm arrested in that case. So on the flip side, what was your last non-show business job? Ooh, last non-show yeah, business quote, job. Quote, day job. It might be at night, but, I, but we call them day jobs. I went to USC, and I was a student director at the gym there. Okay. So that was back in college. And basically, I just told all the kids who came in at, you know, 15 minutes till close to get in a run that, no, you're going to have to try another day. <laughs> well... It's got to be comforting not to have to do that anymore. It is very comforting. People were very rude. Everyone here is very nice. So yeah, they, they roll out the red carpet for you. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks for stopping by. Yeah. All right, so Madison Eisman, um, in honor of those who can't, yes. if you could not be an actress on screen or stage, if you couldn't do that, okay. what would be your first move? Okay. So, I've always wanted to be a world-renowned DJ. World-renowned, not just... No, world-renowned, like Coachella, yeah. Outside Lands, the biggest DJ set there. I don't know why. I always liked EDM music, so I always thought it'd be fun to go up there and play my own and be like a DJ. Do you do that around the house? Uh, with my iPod. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't even know how to make music. Oh. Yeah. No, it's just like a, like a weird dream of mine. That'll never come true. 
Well, you know, if you get big enough, you will get asked. <laughs> you can be a DJ? You Well, you'll have to learn that stuff, but they'll ask yeah. you to be a guest DJ. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So on the flip side, uh, what was the last kind of non-show business job that you had to do? Oh, oh, oh God. Um, uh, back in my hometown in South Carolina... Um, I worked at a seafood restaurant, and I was a hostess. Okay. And we had to dress up as sailors. Yeah. So we were, I was a sailor every day for, for like a year straight and sat people at their tables. Now, when you were doing that, were you dreaming of nights like this where you get to be oh, yeah. at oh, a yeah. premiere party for and a TV we, we series had that you're a, in? We had a huge monologue we had to say because it was like an experienced restaurant. So that's actually one of the reasons I decided I wanted to be an actress. So I was really good at my monologue. So Wait, so you didn't think about... Acting before you no, became a no. restaurant hostess. Well, I always. What did you want to be? Uh, a world-renowned DJ. No. I don't know. What did you want to be when you were? I was. I was in South Carolina. It wasn't really a thing we even thought about. People like have moving dreams to Hollywood. in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I just didn't know how to make them come true. Oh. Yeah. Until finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Well, you know, you made this come true. So. Yeah. Next stop, world-renowned DJ. DJ. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you so much. So, Libe. Uh, in honor of those who can't, yeah. if you could, if you couldn't be an actress anymore, what mm -hmm. would the first thing you would do? Um, given unlimited resources and abilities, an astronaut. Oh, that's a good call. I always, as a kid, I always said I wanted to be an actress, dancer, slash astronaut. So. Well, you know they're casting for the mission to Mars. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> and uh, on the flip side, what was the last thing you did before? You got wrapped up in the TV business, and you could say, "Oh, I'm in multiple TV series." Um, before, like, not acting stuff. Yeah. What was your last? I was nannying. Um, okay. Yeah, for um, two years actually, um, for these like two amazing children. But it was also. Hey, hi. Thank you. So do you. Um, yeah, and, and it was, I mean, kind of soul sucking, but also great. But. And uh, do you remember the moment where you were like, I don't need to nanny anymore? Yes, it was this past summer, <laughs> which <laughs> so is great. It's a, it's a recent memory. It was a recent memory. It was I was working on this and um, actually the USA show Colony, and my uh, my pilot for Amazon actually just got picked up, Sneaky Pete. Um, and so when all of those three things kind of happened at once, it was like, okay, I guess I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on three different TV shows on three different networks. I think I don't have to take care of your kid anymore. Right, that's kind of how it went. <laughs> how did they take that? You know, it, it was a gradual transition because I slowly was able... I, I stopped being able to show up to work. <laughs> so it'd be the kind of thing where I'd have to call the mom every day and be like, I'm so sorry, I can't pick up your kids. And the mom would be, you know, the mom would be like... Oh, that's really upsetting. But can, is there any way you can do this? And I'm like, I can't. So it was, it was a slow until finally it just made sense. And you were in Los Angeles already. I was, right? yeah. So yeah, yeah. They understand. It's, yeah. it's, it's Hollywood. Yeah, and that was always the deal. So. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. So, Randy Sklar, in honor of those who can't, yes. if you could not any longer oh my God. be in comedy oh or my acting, God. What, what, would would you, I do? what would you do? I mean, while my dad was alive, I would have, like, gone off and sold alteration supplies and Velcro, like, buttons and thread and stuff yeah. like that. We almost went to law school, me and Jay. Can you imagine that as lawyers, the Sklar brothers, as, like, a defense team? 
I mean, maybe I would well, do that's that. Well, a, that's a good pitch for another show. Right? Or one's a prosecutor, one's a defender. <laughs> they're going after each other, and they're trying to make a murderer. Uh, no, that already is a show. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's like, uh, that is always like my biggest fear, that if things aren't going well and you're staring into the abyss of your own career, I'm like, I'm not equipped to do anything else. I can't fix a car. I can't build stuff. Right. I, I don't know what I would do. I would... Maybe, like, write for advertising. I know that's a stupid kind of, like, cop-out sort of a thing, but... Right, because it's a lateral. You're still exercising those muscles. Right. So, I mean, it's a tough thing. I don't think I could live without doing this. I just don't. I mean, I think it has now become... We've been doing it for 20 years. It's, like, become a part of me. So you haven't had to think about it for a while. No, and if I ever had to do that, I think I would probably get so depressed that I wouldn't live to see the job, like, interview. So what was the last, quote-unquote, day job that you... Held well, down. When I, yeah, when I first came out of uh, college, I, I pretty much I was a page at CBS. Okay. And then I worked in programming research at Comedy Central. So you like, were in I, the business. Kind just... of. And I thought, like, oh, I'll just be funny around the office and they'll put me on the show. Not understanding that that's the dumbest thing you could ever do because people only see you as this thing right. as opposed to you have to overcome a way bigger hurdle. It was just me and my stupid thinking. But, I mean, I was a temp for a while. I just worked in, like, offices in Manhattan, and I just would be sitting up there. It's super dark at night, and I'm, like, filing things into envelopes. And I was like, who does this? Who does this? Somebody does. Someone does. Although I would and always... that's why they paid you to do it. I always thought, how cool would it be if, like, you had a super high-powered temp service that would just temp people into... Like incredible jobs, like running the subway, surgeon. <laughs> like you just walk in and you're doing, we're doing an appendectomy today. Where's the right. tap? And you come in and have to do that. Well, if Ben Carson can do it. If ben Carson can do it. I can do it. I can leave shit inside people's heads, right? That's Sorry, the I least curse. you can do. Yeah, that's the least I can do. So what was the moment for you when you realized you didn't need to work another job? So when we were in New York, we were 25, uh, I say we, me and my brother and I, right. and we had done a pilot for MTV, or excuse me, yeah, for the apartment? No, yeah, apartment 2F, yeah. apartment 2F MTV uh, in 1996, we did that, and then pilot went, and we said to ourselves, okay, um, we can quit what we're doing and try and do this, and we did it for one season. And then we, right after that, we started developing a show out, and when it didn't go, out here in L.A., and we were like, this is it. And we have not had to work a regular job since. So on some level, that's a huge success. I mean, I always look at success. that and say that's a huge success. And not to say that there haven't been massive peaks and valleys throughout this whole experience, but I, I never trust anyone whose career has only gone well. I always feel like when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, man, there was a point where I thought, okay, yeah. maybe I won't get out of this thing and maybe we won't go forward with this. Those are the people that I love because there's like a depth to those people that for the people who just it was great for, they just can't understand that. Well, I love you guys. Thank I saw you, you at uh, Picture This in San oh, Francisco nice. last weekend. It was great. So fun. It so was a fun. lot of fun. That's so, great. Thanks for, thanks for stopping here and talking to me. Thank you. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening.
face. Last things first. 